Well, welcome in. This is News Made Simple, um, where we will try to make things simpler for everyone. And it is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, the Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet. We'll talk about them later, but wanted to give them a shout out. Also, Movies Plus, because I own it. So um, I want you guys to check it out and uh, we can get more Bitcoin content up there. Um, we're going to make this News Made Simple. So it's Luke phil and i phil gibson the, the newest member to of our team uh and um so they're gonna help explain things to me like a, like i'm five because what i would do is explain it to you like a 10 year old who just had his tonsils taken out and is having a bad reaction to the anesthesia and doesn't know what his fingers are anymore so is this real life yeah exactly is that video is this real yeah. life um you know, so that is why I am having them explain it to me um, because they uh, they they kind of get it a little bit better. But uh, but yeah, so we have a few things to get through, and I hope you guys will enjoy this weekly segment that we're going to do. And we will go through a couple news items, and then also for fun at the very end, uh, Phil and I are going to do an over under Bitcoin price prediction for the next week because we hate price predictions. We hate talking about. Oh my God, it's going to the moon next week. Better hurry up and stack up. Leverage yourselves. Uh, we hate that. But, you know, we could, a simple, is it higher or lower? And we're going to bet some sats on it. And Luke's going to keep track of it. And uh, once a quarter, uh, Phil's going to give me a lot of uh, Bitcoin because he's going to lose every time. Um, he's a, he reckons, there you go. The betting man has played his card. He reckons he's going to uh, win the bet. So, yeah, I am yeah. looking. So, uh, all right. So we, that kind of cockiness only comes from the most de- degenerate of de- degenerates. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty degenerate too. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how this plays out. I'm humble about my degeneracy, thank you. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to pat myself shall on see the back. Funny talks. <laughs> all right. So, um, Luke, why don't we take it away? You go with your first uh, your first story of what's happened in the last week. Yeah, so essentially, uh, this is a special edition of uh, Bitcoin Made Simple. It's our first little weekly show with Phil, so I'm pretty excited for that, firstly. Um, but I think the biggest... Those. Yo, oh, no problem. We had the, it we is. Had, we had the spread. We had to get a, a woman on the show, so I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> saying that because people We have say to be inclusive to all audience members. Yeah, yeah. I think we should have a poll to see everyone guess what gender I am. I think I, and you know I'm just busting your balls because people bust your balls all the time on the internet about that. It's but, great. Uh, go for it. Go for let's it. Go, let's get for the, the memes and engagement. Okay, Luke, tell me news. News. You want news? Okay. Well, in the past month, everything seems to be melting down. We've got the government of Lebanon has declared bankruptcy. Uh, so that happened two weeks ago. A couple of days after that, we had the Sri Lankan government also say, hey, guess what? We've got hundreds of billions of dollars worth of debt, but we can't actually afford to pay the debt this month. So we're not going to pay it because we need to actually go out there and buy resources and food for our citizens. And for Um, those of you that aren't Australian, that's Sri Lanka. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The accent gets him again. So Uh, that's Sri Lanka. We, yeah, we, we have to translate. Uh, that's from Australian <laughs> to English. <laughs> Thank you. I need the help. I need all the help I can get. Um, and then obviously You're definitely not getting couple- that Siri gig. Yeah, <laughs> De- yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, and then obviously a couple of days ago, there were protests in Peru erupting over rising inflation. And then obviously uh, the Ukraine-Russia war is still ongoing. That obviously kicked off a little bit earlier than a month ago. Uh, but then the big one that I want to look at is the Central Bank of Japan is actually losing control of its yield curve control program. So the Central Bank of Japan has like a debt to GDP ratio of 250%. It's absolutely enormous. And obviously when the government is that has that much debt, they can't allow yields to rise on the 10-year JGBs. So simply Japan government bonds. Um, and so what they're doing is they're doing yield curve control. All that means for the listeners is the Central Bank of Japan is saying, you know what? We're going to print an unlimited amount of money to make sure that the 10-year government bond stays at 0.25%. And they've generally, they've been doing this for over five or six years now in Japan. 
but in the and they've been able to do it without devaluing their currency too much. But in the past uh, month or two, they're printing an enormous amount of Japanese yen and it's uh, devaluing the yen at a pretty rapid rate. Like they're losing control of that peg on the um, on the Japanese bonds. So essentially, all you can see is number go up. So this is the US dollar versus the Japanese yen. So the US dollar is strengthening rapidly against the yen. Like this is a zoomed out 20 year chart. And look at those green dildos in the past two months. Woo. It's it's rallying. If you flip it upside down, I can't flip it upside down. Yes, I can. Invert scale. So that's that's the yen going down. It's it's losing a lot of its value really quickly, and I think that's a big signpost to watch um, because all of these emerging markets and their currencies just seem to be melting down at the moment. So. Uh, what do you guys think about any of those countries melting down? Any thoughts? Any so, takeaways? Uh, so as far as Japan just printing more money, yeah, of course, that's to buy resources. But are they also printing that money so the Bank of Japan can buy those bonds and control the yield curve? No, so the, uh, Sri Lanka, they're the ones who defaulted on their debt because they need to buy their people resources and food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Japan's printing the money out of thin air to peg the yields on their bonds at 0.25% because the Japanese government has a debt to GDP of over 250%. They can't let the yields on the bonds rise. Otherwise, essentially, they go bankrupt because they have so much debt. If, the, if you let the interest rates go to 5%, all of a sudden the government is paying an enormous amount of money on the debt that they owe. So what they do right. is they've been doing yield curve control, which is pegging, artificially pegging the interest rates on the Japanese government bonds at 0.25%. Um, but they're losing control of that. I think Jim Bianco did a good tweet thread of this as well. Um and it's essentially, you can see that the this is the yield of the Japanese bond for the past five years. And they've been keeping it within this grey shaded area, zero, zero to 0.25%. But now it's starting to get out of that range. So, like, obviously, the, the Japanese yen is seen as one of the strongest currencies around the world. Now that that's starting to melt down, I, I think that's a signpost that, um, needs to be kind of looked at because that's that's massive for the the Japanese yen to lose ten or twenty percent of its value in the past two months. It's it's madness, and that's like stated value that's been lost. I mean, it's always blown mm. my mind how bad their their uh, currency is because, like, I I remember whenever I first started getting with my one of my first companies earning royalties in Japan. And I saw the bit like a statement come in and I was like, whoa, I was like, I'm a bajillionaire. I'm so rich. And then yeah. I realized it was in uh, denominated in their currency. I was like, oh, 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 no, that's not great. It's like when somebody gave <laughs> yeah. me a Colombian million dollar bill whenever I was like 15 and I was like, oh, my God, this is at least worth a thousand dollars. And it yeah, wasn't... like like ten thousand, like ten dollars is really like ten thousand yen, yeah. yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, it, it's insane. So, so I mean, they can't. How much low? Like how much higher can they raise the the bond rate? And is anybody buying those bonds? Uh, so no, it's actually only uh, most of the demand for the Japanese bonds is internal. The people simply have bought them because they've trusted their government and they're more compliant over ah. there. And That's a mistake. It is a mistake. You should never trust government. Um, but I just think the takeaway from this kind of news piece is um, this kind of ties into Phil and myself. We have this thesis that the US, the US is raising rates um, as a geopolitical and economic uh, weapon and the US has been raising rates for the past two or three months and they've sent the Bank of uh, Lebanon bankrupt, they've bankrupted Sri Lanka, Peru's experienced massive inflation and now Japan, one of the largest uh, countries around the world with one of the most quote-unquote safest fiat currencies, they're actually losing control of a 10-year um, yield curve control program. So this is the US using their debt as a weapon because everybody in the world's debt is denominated in dollars. 
Ergo, yep. that is why they are printing out their ass to pay off that debt while simultaneously trying to prevent their yield curve from just going AWOL. So yeah, dollar strengthening. And just to amend or append, I always get confused on which one to use, Luke, but to just make a little asterisk of what you had said. Yes, the Fed's been raising the Fed funds rates for the past couple of years, but this idea of dollar draining dollar liquidity from the world market, the world economy has been happening since June of 2021, last year, when Jerome Powell raised the repo rate, reverse repo rate payout by 25 basis points. Or no, it was five. It was five basis points. So if anyone has not listened to the conversation I had with Tom Longo, that's aired Monday, do go check that out because he explains all of this. And the episode dropping tomorrow, I did with Luke earlier in the week. And we cover this exactly. But basically, what you want to take away with this is the whole thing that we're seeing with Japan and all these other countries basically inflating themselves into oblivion to pay off their debt is a matter of, yes, raising interest rates, both the Fed funds and also these other interest rates, which is drying out dollar liquidity because money is going to be moved to where it's treated best. And if you have extra cash, you're going to move it into an account somewhere where you can get the most interest on that. And that is what's happening. This is a this is a monetary financial battle. And Japan and all these other countries are just the after effects of that battle. So here's a chart of exactly what Phil was talking about. In June of 2021, Jerome Powell said, hey, guess what? Instead of there being a 0% interest rate or a 0% yield on parking your money with us at the Federal Reserve, we're going to raise that from zero to five basis points. So 0.05% interest rate. And this is a chart of the reverse repo market. So it's actually a massive long-term chart. You can see it's eight years. So it goes back to 2013. And you can see what happened in mid-June 2021. And the rate goes absolutely parabolic. That was when Jerome Powell said, guess what? We're giving you uh, 0.05% interest rates. If you bring your money to the United States and you park it at this window with the Fed. So obviously this drained literally overnight, like five to $600 billion um, out of the European Union. So um, interesting times. If you in your spare time can go find a chart of this exact thing, imagine the dollar to the Euro, you'll just see like the Euro tanking overnight. Here it is. So this is a chart of the the the, do, uh, the Dixie. So this is measured against a basket of fiat currencies, but the euro makes up like 50% of this basket. So this chart is basically US versus euro. And you can see I have like this little text box here. It says June 16th, five basis point change in the reverse repo window. So that's where this... Uh, white vertical line is right there, June 16th. And you can see since then, the dollar has been rallying really, really hard against uh, the other fiats in that basket, which is mainly the euro. And just for clarification for people that might not understand, a basis point, like one basis point is basically 0.01%, right? Yeah, 100 100 basis points is 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's five like basis points. Yeah. But I mean, like even a little move like that, you know, cause it's like, Oh, 0.05% change. That's not that big a deal. Um, yeah. Like, but that's with billions in currency, currency exchanges. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I remember back whenever, you know, that filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza um, yes. that made uh, like, uh, it was called like 2016 Obama's America or something like that. And trying to like scare. Yeah. My mom this. made me go uh, watch that in, in the theaters. And there were just a <laughs> bunch of old people. There were like 20 in the theater. It was, it was very cringe. Bunch, bunch of old people wearing uh, like khakis yeah. with a uh, collared shirts tucked in and new yep. white new balances. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I tube remember socks for you, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Tube socks. Um, but I remember watching that 
and them talking about how like the debt instead of weapons of mass destruction it was like debt of mass destruction and i remember thinking like huh like i don't know why they would purposely inflict that pain on us um and then now that i've understood the printing i mean is it basically that there's this mess that we've created and our only way out is to print out of it um so that we can pay back our debts and w- at what point which i mean i guess is basically what's happened but at what point did other people start noticing that and start going whoa 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 there's some tomfoolery going on here you know what's what's going on so it's it's generally um it's generally when inflation gets above 10 to 15 percent that's when the everyday person wakes up and goes hang on a minute what's going on why has the price of gas nearly doubled in the past three years why has my grocery bill nearly doubled in the past three years and that's exactly what governments are doing yeah yeah but i mean the u.s using it as a tool though like because at what point what when did china stop buying u.s bonds because in treasuries because they were like wait a minute 2013 you're never going to pay these back like this is a mess yeah so china has the largest um, foreign currency reserves. They've got they've got something like three trillion dollars of fiat currency in their reserves. And 2013, they actually stopped buying uh, U.S. debt. So 2013 was the inflection point for me when the petrodollar system actually broke down because that was when Russia and China both stopped buying uh, U.S. debt and started accumulating gold. Um, I think since 2013, the statistic is uh, central banks actually bought three times more gold than they did U.S. debt um, from 2013 to 2022. Wow. That's crazy. So it's In- 2013, you were paying attention when you were like 12? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, Phil, I don't know. Are you close to my age? Mm- you don't have to my age. We, we, should, we should have a Twitter poll guessing my gender and my age. <laughs> I would Done. guess you're closer um, to mine than Luke's because uh, Luke is. All the way uh, around, actually, son. I don't know. That would be. You could tell. shock us all. You could be like 15. That'd be really weird. Good. <laughs> well, go to Twitter if you want to see the results of that poll. Phil, what news caught your eye this week, my friend? Are Are we not going to hit uh, 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 Corey first? Uh, Whoever I mean, wants I, to go, jump in. So I, I just was gonna mention before we get to that because I think it's a bit, a little bit of a longer conversation. But um, Luke, you had sent it to me a couple of days ago. Uh, Israel adding two hundred and six billion Chinese yuan to their reserves, um, and it's not just Chinese um, because they said the quote unquote philosophy change um, on their reserve. Uh, so they mm. in the basket added Australian. Uh, pebbles and Japanese and uh, Canadian currencies as well. Wait, are they actually called Australian pebbles? <laughs> they may as well be called pesos. They're going to be so worthless. Um, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I um, and I see that what really caught my eye was firstly they're diversifying away from the US dollar um, and holding USD. So that's a big takeaway. Second thing that really caught my eye was. Israel actually dropped all of their uh, quote unquote cerveza sickness restrictions about a month or two ago. And people will know that in Israel, you had to have four things hanging out of your arm and you had to like the lockdowns were worse than Australia. They were worse in Canada. They were worse than New Zealand. Israel was like the poster boy for this kind of um, let's just say really Orwellian Klaus Schwabian kind of um kind of world and i thought it was interesting that they dropped all restrictions um two months ago and now they're diversifying away from the us dollar and did you say they bought euros in that basket Corey? or was it Uh, japanese yen uh, japanese yen and uh canadian loonies and they they didn't buy euros no that's it there you go aussie dollars japanese and canadian so they didn't buy the Davos's money and they said, fuck yeah. you to the Davos. If they bought Canadian, though, they might as well buy euros. My perspective. Yeah. But. I, I, I don't know. Like, if you're not going to buy US dollars, uh, it's, it's 59% of the globe's uh, reserves are all held in dollars, right? So, Wait, 59- so, so did, did, 
Did they or did they not buy dollars? They didn't buy dollars. And then this is what caught my eye. They didn't buy euros. Euros. So 59% of reserves around the world are USD. Something like 25% are euros. So if you're not holding dollars, you're holding euros. Otherwise, you're pretty much holding nothing. And I thought it was interesting that they said, fuck you to the US dollar. But they also said, fuck you to Europe and Davos, because that's where the Great Reset and Klaus Schwab is centered. And they also said, fuck you to COVID, Cerveza sickness restrictions two months ago. Um, Just caught one. I wonder, I mean, why would they be backing out of the Great Reset? I thought they were all in this together. Mm, they are maybe they're following the US's lead. You think the maybe US is I, out of the Great Reset? I, I I feel like if anything, they are aligned with the Devosian agenda. I mean, Israel was one of the first people to pass uh, you know, yeah, Fauci's and were just super heavy on restrictions. And it, it just I don't know, when it comes to like a globalist uh, cabal <laughs> agenda. Everybody's like in lockstep. I, I don't know. Maybe this is just like a, I, I really don't know what they're, they're trying to do. So. Luke's got know. himself muted. Cause again, he's laughing. Put another so hard. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's muted. He can't even, I don't even think he knows. He muted himself. Cause he's laughing. Did, oh, did wow. you just call them fancy out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you not heard that? No, that's no, great. no. And it took so it, many seconds. This is going click, on YouTube. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to. That was awesome. Ourselves. No, I never heard that before. It <laughs> never heard that. No. Oh, wow. And then my slow brain, well, I had have. to process it and then it hit me. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm with you. Restrictions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm with you. They had the worst lockdowns Like you had four things. You had to have four things hanging out of your arm. And you and you had like a you had to show your your, your uh, 1945 German papers to get in everywhere or Jewish papers to get in everywhere, um, like it was bad there. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they dropped all of that two months ago, and then also this signpost comes out in the economic realm. I, I, so you think that like that them and maybe the US are opting out of the Great Reset? Everybody no, okay, is. like if Israel does, it would be like California completely 86ing everything COVID. Shit, I just said it. Never mind. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. If we get banned, it just helps. Yeah. But that's what the we done. should like- we should what we should do is we should um port everything from YouTube onto Odyssey. Like I did. Done. Let's let's actually do that. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I I just thought. Like you're watching, Phil and I actually did an episode. Um, what did we title it? Um, Fuck Davos or why the USD no, it, it is. Was, fo- it, was, it was Elon Musk is wrong, but. Uh, we don't want to talk about Davos. Uh, our first conversation, our first conversation. Let me, let me yeah. find that real quick. But yeah, yeah. Guys, anyway, a, Phil and I, funny, we've. You guys had a fun Elon conversation without me because I had my notifications muted um, and didn't notice. I felt really out of the loop. I felt like a loser. I was well, like, oh my God, my people will hear that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Phil and I have had a conversation about this kind of US weaponization and the Great Reset agenda breaking down. So you should definitely go and check that out. Uh, speaking of the Great Reset, um, I actually uh, interviewed uh, the man, the myth, the legend who created the website, who is Um, He's a Bitcoiner and I interviewed him yesterday. Oh. So keep your eyes peeled for that um nice. he's a kansas city bitcoiner so he's a really great guy as he has a podcast as well so um it's all happening in the world of klaus schwab and the world economic forum noise by um, the way if anybody wants to check out that episode it's entitled the u.s has no to davos and the great reset with phil gibson fix the money episode nine so that aired on april 13th so go check that out go and check that out this is just a little quick news wrap so let's keep yeah. this Keep this rolling. Keep it, yeah. Um, before we before we uh, keep rolling, though, let's talk about the Luke's favorite, most attractive thing in the world—the thing that gets Luke riled up more than anything in the world, and the thing that gets him hot and that blows his skirt up or his singlet or whatever he's wearing. Uh, that would be <laughs> aside from topless pictures of myself. 
Yeah, other than <laughs> topless pictures of Phil, uh, the thing that gets Luke going is the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet because he cannot stop describing it as sexy. Um, and uh, it and is now slick. it's slick. <laughs> it's slick. It feels good in the hand. Um, and <laughs> and whenever Luke transfers his Bitcoin off of an exchange to it, um, I'm not gonna lie. That, that kind of does, that gets everybody going. Um, so, uh, you know, have you gotten addicted to it too? Because I, I say this, you know, so everybody, if you don't have a Bitbox hardware wallet um, and I don't shill things that I don't purchase and use myself. Um, so use it and go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple and you can get a 5% discount with the promo code Bitcoin made simple. Um, but uh, it is seriously so easy and actually addicting to the point that I, I I don't know if I have anything on an exchange. Like I usually would keep like a little bit out there just for liquidity purposes. And I, I think I went under like my regular liquidity to the point where I was like, Oh my God, I think I might have to take something off of the hardware wallet to like pay for something. <laughs> like I think I'm doing too much. Um, so it's a, it's a good problem to have because it's so slick and sexy as Luke says, but um <laughs> It is. Uh, it is. If you if you got Bitcoin on exchange plebs, it's it's not your Bitcoin. So keep that thing safe in a hardware wallet, like a Bitbox O2. Um, go and get one. Promo code Bitcoin made simple, and that'll get you five percent off a Bitbox O2. Um, like Corey said, we won't have sponsors on the show that uh, we don't actually like their product and we don't use their product personally. The Bitbox O2, it, it's a great hardware wallet. It's the easiest one that I've used. Um, I always talk about that. I, I've used all the hardware wallets. I've used cold cards. I've used ledgers. I've used Trezors. I've used Spectre. I've used online wallets like that. And the Bitbox O2 is the easiest. just works. It gets yep. the job done. Go and grab one. Awesome. All right. So... On to, oh, and by the way, a little show for Movies Plus. I'm actually interviewing later today um, Pierre Corbin, who made the the Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin uh, documentary, which you can probably in the next day or two find on Movies Plus for free. Don't even have to be a subscriber. Just check it out. Um, but I really tune into that one. It'll probably release next week, uh, the episode with Pierre, because he's got some ideas for some additional uh, content that he wants to make in the Bitcoin world. And if you're a content creator and want to uh, find a home for uh, your Bitcoin content, uh, come to DM me. DMs are open. Um, so occasionally I switch over to that side where it has all the Asian women that say, how's your trade going? Um, <laughs> you know, and the unsolicited messages. And I, and I pick off a few of from people that I don't follow and, and actually engage with them. Um, so anyways, let's get back to the news um and phil uh what is the topic you are bringing up uh you had uh, me messaged it to us so tell the audience what's on phil's mind yeah so a few stories kind of all wrapped up into one but first we're going to start with the u.s treasury is sanctioning russia bitcoin miners good luck wish yeah. you well <laughs> but this is coming from and whoever sean Amic is a meek. He's a fucking legend. Him and a couple others at, at Bitcoin Magazine that I would just, just like pump out these amazing short stories, give the exactly what you need, just like in on LinkedIn, like three bullet points of what it's, it's. I envy that. And it takes me like months to write an article. So uh, uh, without these people, I, yeah, we'd, we'd be lost. Or I guess we have Luke. But anyway, so a quick summary. The Treasury Department announced sanctions against companies and individuals who enable fiat payments or infrastructure for Bitcoin mining in Russia. Before we move on, Russia has the marginal cost of energy because they sit basically on the world's energy. Tom Luongo says that the world reserve asset is oil. And when you have the cheapest place to get your energy you therefore have the cheapest place to mine Bitcoin. And they are silly if they are not doing that and have not been doing that for years now. So keep that in mind as we move forward with the story. So bullet points, the U.S. Treasury is applying sanctions against Bitcoin mining in Russia. The sanctions seek to 
impede the capacity for individuals to receive fiat payments as well as computer hardware by applying pressure on the supply chain and payment processors. And according to the University of Cambridge, Russia is the third largest country in the world for Bitcoin mining. And so basically this release is just kind of signaling how we are winning. <laughs> and this winning, next story, Charlie about- Sheen. Yeah, winning. Sorry, you said Charlie yeah. Sheen. I had to think, okay. You have to do that. Yeah. You have to do that. And then specifically, they called out one company, BitRiver. They were, quote, thoroughly addressed in the press release. So they were founded in 2017 and they've got three offices scattered across Russia. And the legal ownership was changed to a Switzerland-based holding company in 2021, so last year. This company has been designated as operating in the Russian Federation economy and thereby making it uh, and its 10 Russian-based subsidiaries sanctionable. So this kind of goes into uh, not your keys, not your cheese, and maybe they should have held their, those, uh, those profits and everything in their own cold storage and have like a dispersed multi-sig thing to where no one can access it, similar to how uh, 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 Arthur Hayes at BitMEX and all the other C-level dudes have uh, the multi-sig of the Bitcoin on their exchange. So also to mention in January, Putin stated that Russia is a has a distinct advantage when it comes to Bitcoin mining as it relates to the energy surplus in and the climate uh, conditions provided to them because the Treasury had stated that uh, the U.S. Treasury agrees with the Russian president, say, stating that Russia has a comparative advantage in crypto mining due to the energy resources and cold climate. And so, basically, they are fearing the economic blowback uh, that because they, they being the Treasury Department, the U.S. government, government, the White House, applying all these sanctions, they thought there would be they would be able to cripple Russia and their economy, which. If you look at Russia and the health of their economy, they have had a surplus. They're, they bounced back from a weakened euro after the sanctions and they have strengthened. And they, the U.S. is petrified here. And I think this is the beginning, especially with this announcement of the hash war. Because as I mentioned, with the marginal cost you prove produce energy they have the cheapest place to mine bitcoin and i think it would be uh just silly to imagine that the u.s has their 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 plants their cra mi6 plants devotion plants uh, posing as russian oligarchs and they are basically trying to sanction the existing bitcoin miners in russia and just try to take a piece of that share of that competitive advantage and use these just like psyop co-op russian oligarchs to uh make their own bitcoin mining facilities and i mean why why wouldn't the us or davos like these globalists try to do that like they hate russia and it's a it's a financial war and so war resources and they probably want a piece of that pie so that's my theory but I just think it's it's silly to overlook and not consider the fact that that is what's happening. These Western insiders are trying to infiltrate the surplus of, of resources and energy and this opportunity to mine Bitcoin very, very cheaply and get rid of the Russian Bitcoin mining facilities that were already there any way they can, which is sanctioning in this case. But it's also silly because... As I said, sanctioning has backfired on um, on basically the West's plan to take out Russia. So one more one more thing I want to mention. Hang on, just before you move on to yeah. the next thing, can can you double click on that theory or that hypothesis you've got with the U.S. and the West infiltrating the Russian oligarchs? And so, are you saying the U.S. is trying to set up mining facilities in Russia to take advantage of the cheap? That's just that's just one theory, as we saw in the 90s and the early 2000s before Putin, as Putin got into office, the first thing he did was kick out all the Russian oligarchs by making them like fight and compete against each other because they they were basically uh, like oligarchs use their capital 
power to infiltrate the state and Putin didn't have mm. any of that. And he basically used their, their basically uh, capitalist pig incentive or capitalism, as I will call, because you, you might think that this shirt says enjoy capitalism, but I took a Sharpie and uh, put a little R right there. So it says capitalism because <laughs> capitalism is these days is crony capitalism. But as we saw in Russia, after the fall of the Soviet Union, we had what were called the Harvard boys. And Scott Horton does a really great interview on, on this. But essentially, these Russian oligarchs, as well as uh, investors from the U.S., the, the Harvard boys came in and they did the private equity thing. They bought up all of these Russian assets and companies and they divvied out these shares and they essentially shit coined the Russian economy and basically stole all their, their wealth. I mean, as you might no, this is kind of the private equity scheme that Mitt Romney did, but that was essentially applied to the entire Russian economy and the rubles that they profited, they were able to, thanks to the CIA, which I think they created this in the 60s or 70s, they were able to move these rubles into a Swiss bank account and they created a convertible ruble to a dollar, which I believe was essentially how the euro dollar was created. I could be wrong on that, but essentially they just raped and pillaged all of the capital and resources from this new devastated, uh, you know, start over Russian economy through this, what is called the shock therapy treatment of, of free market capitalism, which was not the case at all because you had all these rich oligarchs and uh, just a lineage of like communist families that uh, were able to come in and take advantage. And thanks to just the, like the mercantilism, imperialistic, mentality that the West has uh, from the Harvard boys, that is what happened. And so I think if you look at what has happened and how the Russian economy has been taken advantage of in the past, thankfully, Putin was able to you know, use that, that greed and incentives uh, of the oligarchs against each other and ousted them. And they all like fled to the UK and whatnot. But I think they're trying to apply the same thing with mining Bitcoin. So, I mean, there are still Russian oligarchs around, and I think they are still in Russia and Putin's having to deal with them. And I think this is just one strategy by sanctioning the already established Bitcoin miners in Russia, sanction them any way you can, get them out of there and just clean the field and create a new ripe opportunity for, uh, you know, Davos-backed U.S., uh, White House-backed, EU-backed Russian oligarchs to go in and mine Bitcoin for cheap. And this also kind of brings up the points that uh, ExxonMobil has been looking into mining Bitcoin. And I, I think this is just the beginning of, of the hash war, frankly, and the energy war. But well, I, that's, that's I my definitely, thesis there. That, that's interesting. Just to really distill that one down, because I actually I, I wasn't aware of this thesis. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So you're saying the U.S. and Davos they're trying to sanction the Putin Bitcoin miners in Russia so that the, the Putin friendly So just, miner- to, just to make a quick edit on that, it's not the US and Davos because as you and I believe, Luke, that there is a bifurcation of like US powers. So we have the Fed, which will just encapsulate like umbrella. The, the umbrella under the Fed is like Wall Street, JP Morgan, the banking system in the United States, Jerome Powell, let's call that the Fed. And then you have these... Davos plants, which is basically the White House, uh, the yep. Biden administration. They're, so they're the ones making the sanctions. They're, so you yeah. have the you have the Davos infiltration of the White House. So well, like let's just said, call it the West. Okay, so you've got the because West. Because the West encapsulates the, the West encapsulates basically uh, Davos influence in the EU and America. So this Davos I, infiltrated West is trying to sanction uh, the successful Russian Bitcoin miners so they can clear the playing field to send in their Russian oligarchs to maybe set up shop. This is just a theory I pulled out of my ass, but I think it's plausible based on past events, like no, the I'm shock on board treatment of capitalism in the 90s. Yeah, I'm on board with you now. That makes sense. Um, the more you break it down, the more it breaks sense. See, just for the listeners who are uneducated on the whole Russian, well, me, myself, I'm uneducated on the whole Russian oligarch situation. The Russian oligarchs and Putin are not friends. So there's a division within Russia and 
the kind of quote unquote Putin friendly Bitcoin miners, right? They're the ones that Putin has allowed and they're allowed to set up shop and mine in Bitcoin. They're getting sanctioned by the West and the West, the Davos led West plans on moving in and swooping in on those mining locations to mine Bitcoin and say, fuck you to uh, Putin and try to get right up under his nose and to just take advantage of his resources and his uh, cheap energy through the Russian oligarchs. Which this, I yeah. Mean, really... And again, it's just a theory. I mean, I don't really know how much Putin has control over this oligarch because from what I understand, he got rid of the majority of them when he became president of Russia after, uh, in uh, 2000, I believe. So again, I need to do further studying this, but uh, just to bring up, sorry, uh, Corey, go ahead, but I just want to like tie this into the thing about the IMF. And then oh yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, up. really with the, with the game theory playing out, it's interesting, um, you know, because it's like it, at some point for everyone, no matter whether you're friend or foe, good or bad, um, it will make sense for you to turn to Bitcoin for something. Um, and once you turn to it for anything, you can't, ever completely turn away from it um and it's just gonna you know like they might only be like oh, we're just gonna allocate uh, you know one percent of our attention to that um you know and one one percent of our ec- economic you know uh, reserves one percent of our mining one percent of our energy use um and it's just gonna keep growing and growing um so yeah but tie that into the imf go ahead yeah, Corey. I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty reasonable argument. But um, you don't think that, I think you don't think is, so? I, no, no. I, I, I no. I agree. I don't know why okay. I said, but um, multitasking thoughts and emotions. <laughs> so, um, so this IMF report, I think, really just solidifies this theory I have. Okay. But again, shout out Sean Amic Amic Amik, whatever. But the International Monetary Fund, yeah, the International Monetary Fund published a report dealing detailing how Bitcoin disrupts the world order and enables sovereignty amid sanctions and demands regu- regulatory action. So the IMF recently published that the Global Financial Stability Report that details a great uh, deal involving the state of the global economy subjects discussed in the report include Bitcoin as a means to avoid sanctions, the fragmentation of the old payments and banking infrastructure and a global call to action for the regulation and control of assets like Bitcoin to prevent further systemic degradation. Dead, wait, degradation. There we go. And uh, there's a quote from, from uh, that report. The IMS says that, quote, strengthening macroeconomic policies is necessary to fend off, quote, crypto, uh, cryptoys, cryptoys, Cryptoization, sorry, it's O and I together, so I want to say cryptoization <laughs> risks. And I, again, it, it just kind of shows how they're they're doing everything they can and they're scrambling to maintain what power and control they have. So at the end of this article, it says that the IMF mentions that the central bank digital currencies may stagnate, some of the growth be, being experienced by Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with the emergence of central bank digital currencies. This opinion is based on the assumption that CBDCs will function as a superior monetary network, thereby taking away some of the demand from other currencies. The report then calls for global cooperation and precise actions from lawmakers to prevent further fragmentation of the global payments infrastructure. The main takeaway from this report should be that Bitcoin has fragmented the world order with a superior payment network and the old guard is nervous. And again, this kind of depunks or this kind of flows very well with, yeah, they can sanction whoever, but again, Good luck. not your keys, not your cheese. They probably should have, uh, that Bit River company probably should have put all their, their profits in, in Bitcoin. They wouldn't have this problem. But this, again, just goes to show how these people are just scrambling to maintain what control that they have. And it is a signal that central planning and, and these power-hungry Davos tards are just scrambling to maintain that power and control by 
making rules outside of their jurisdictions, sanctioning Russia, and trying to follow a quote-unquote rules-based order, which is a basically psyop of the West after the fall of the Soviet Union, not just that, but after World War II, because everybody agreed from basically the UN, after the formation of the UN, they all agreed on international law, which every nation is sovereign, and they can make their own decisions, and everything's simpatico. Whereas you still have the West wanting to maintain hegemony, and they create what is called this rules-based order, and all these other countries are going, I'm like, wait, what rules? Fuck your rules. I thought every nation was sovereign. There's international law that we have to follow, just like Bitcoin consensus. And just this scrambling for power is really hitting home that that is not the case and has not been for decades. And these actions, especially one last thing I want to share, and I probably should have sent Luke this, but there is a tweet from Wall Street Silver, <laughs> which... You know, silver is a shit coin. It's not really a monetary metal. I think it's more of a, an industrial metal, just the way that it trades. And again, this is from like the knowledge of I've learned from Tom Luongo over the past few months, almost half a year now. Plus, but, if the Olympics taught you anything, uh, silver is the first loser. So you get the year. <laughs> so basically, the, uh, this account was tweeting that this is an odd coincidence. 18 U.S. food processing facilities burned down in the last six months. Azure Standards headquarters burned down yesterday. And basically, I think this is intentional because, again, mm. this is the corrupt, power-hungry Devosians that are doing everything they possibly can to maintain their power and their control. And this is even shown with the Twitter board trying to print more shares and give those shares more voting rights to the shareholders to prevent Elon Musk from making changes of their order and free speech and preventing that and clamping down on anything that threatens their power. And all these actions against Bitcoin, against supply chains, starving people, against free speech, these actions are revealing who the real psychopaths are. It's not the Bitcoiners, despite what you've read from that New York Post article. It is the elite, and this ties back to just everything that we are witnessing, and it shows us that they are losing, and we are winning. Bitcoin is winning, and Bitcoin fixes this. It doesn't fix it overnight automatically, and this ties back to Bitcoin incentives and what Corey was talking about. And I mean, we win eventually, but it is going to get ugly. So yeah, that's I forget I forget what thread it was on or somewhere where somebody over the weekend was like tweeting at me and saying like oh so you think that this is going to happen they're just going to sit by and let you know Bitcoin take over and I was like I never said it was going to be pretty I never said this was going to mm. be fun like it's not going to be fun um you know so like you know I mean if you're a poker player I've been I've likened it to like holding Bitcoin and everyone else is sitting at the table. And you have, you know, you have the nuts, which means you have the guaranteed 100% winning hand and you're just watching everyone else bet like crazy trying. They're just throwing more money in the pot. They're just trying to outbid each other to push you off your hand. And you're just sitting there smiling like I win. This is great. I don't know when it's going to stop, but, uh, you know, keep, at, at, keep going, keep, keep uh, betting against me and, and see what happens. Um, but also then like, you know, you have these like petulant children that have been able to control the monetary policy of the world for probably centuries. Um, and you're, and they're losing that power. So like, what makes you think that they're going to just like, be like, all right, I guess we lost. Like, especially think about this from this perspective too. So like to go on the really crazy end. People talk about like, okay, there's 15, 13 families that like roll the entire world and, you know, call all the shots. Um, So let's just say hypothetically, if that's the truth, and you are one of those people in that family and now you're in charge and this has been running for six, seven, eight hundred years and 
you're gonna and it's gonna fall apart in your hands it's gonna fall apart while you're at the helm are you gonna are you like what are you gonna do like are you are you gonna let that happen like think about that like the generations you know centuries of legacy are going down and you're the one that's captaining the ship how do you think that person's going to react you know if we're looking at like it's just one individual you know let's just say it's klaus schwab or whatever and they see that the it's going to fall apart you think they're going to just be like well like a it's it's a bummer that sucks this was fun while it lasted like no they're going to lose their mind they're going to lose their shit they're going to go crazy yeah, I think they're going to overcompensate like they are and publish their books and say at their meetings, which I think get like live streamed like publicly, their plan yeah. because they had to start smelling their own farts and believe their own bullshit and that they are going to win and that they are going to come out on top. And again, it's they're overcompensating because they understand that there is a good chance that they're not going to win. It's the, the 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 fun part is is that they already lost and they're just it's fun for us to sit here fun yeah they're larping yeah and we're just sitting there watching them like figure out that they lost it's like almost like when you're sitting there like talking and they're like you're like yes like you're nodding as they start to piece things together that's kind of what I thought about with that IMF uh, article because like it said the IMF report I wrote down a note said on how Bitcoin disrupts the world order. And like, we're all just sitting here like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Saying the quiet parts out loud, which yep. Bitcoiners have been doing since the dawn of Bitcoin. But yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, just like this whole transition is just so ugly. And, you know, like a, my, my wife who, you know, she just trusts me and goes with it. But like, you know, she said something like, oh, you know, if this whole Bitcoin thing goes belly up, you know, like we're like screwed. And I was like, well, everybody <laughs> is if it goes up belly up, you know. And um, and I realized like I was like, like, we don't really talk about Bitcoin too much, mainly because she doesn't want to, but partially because I, uh, you know, like I don't want to bore her with it. Um, so last night I just kind of like was like, hey, like, you know, ask me some questions. And I, I just I was like, if you watch the big short that's kind of what's happening right now. There are very few people that know what's happening and we're just sitting here and it's going to be a mess. I was like, so I would love to diversify our investments, but into what, you know what I mean? Into something that find something that isn't a joke, you know, like Luke, you pulled up earlier, the Netflix stock. I saw you poking around yeah. whenever you were putting things. Up. It's like Netflix is their stock is puking and you know, they were supposed to be one of the safe ones. So it's like, what, what would you put your money into? Like, I wouldn't put my well, money is... into anything that's not a fr- Bitcoin. Or if you had something that was just generating free cash flows like crazy, then like, okay, yeah, do that. Well, I yeah, like what what happens if Bitcoin fails? Uh, our life savings are screwed because we're most Bitcoiners are pretty much all in. But everyone, um, but I is. kind of <laughs> yeah, like. When you understand Bitcoin, you you pretty you want to go all in. You're pretty close to all in. I think I met a Bitcoiner in 2020. I was quote unquote diversified. So I came from the macro background. Uh, you know, had 30% of my net worth in gold, 30% of net worth like in tech stocks and shit like that. And I was only like 30 to 40% in Bitcoin. Maybe 2019 when I joined Twitter. And that was when I actually started talking to the Maximus and I come across one Maximus and I have to give him credit because he's the one who got me all in. It was Armin the Parman. Hit him up on Twitter. He's an absolute, he's a computer whiz, computer genius, amazing website, amazing Bitcoin educator. But he said, well, if Bitcoin fails, would you even want to own anything anyway? Like if Bitcoin fails, what kind of world are you living in? You're literally living in a Klaus Schwabian world where you own nothing and you'll be happy. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. We should bet the fucking house on Bitcoin because if Bitcoin fails, what world are you living in anyway? Like it's, it's, it's a pretty dire world. So um, I just wanted to mention that when you said, Oh, if Bitcoin fails, our net worth is screwed. It's like, well, if Bitcoin fails, the fucking world is screwed. It's fucked. Yeah. And it's network, personal net worth is less meaningful. There's probably, I mean, I know it's a male dominated industry, um, you know, but like it's, you know, partially, I mean, my wife isn't interested in Bitcoin. So she's like, whatever. She's not really interested in investments of any kind. Um, 
and that's why I handle all that. But like, also at the same time, I kind of realized whenever she, like I got to that point in the conversation, I was like, this is also me like kind of protecting her from like, you know, <laughs> what 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 could go down? You know, what I mean, like it could get really ugly, um, you know, and hence why we live, we moved out, you know, off <laughs> off of the grid basically, um, and uh, you know, got out of Dodge, and uh, <sighs> you know, it's just. You get know, yourself out uh, of cities, plebs. Yes, get out of cities and get your coins off of exchanges. So, and I mean, yeah, you're looking at the Netflix. That's how over how long? A couple months. Yeah, so we've home. we've probably run in a little bit long on this one. We've probably nearly been going for an hour, so we probably don't have that long to talk about Netflix. But look at it; looks like a chart of an absolute shit coin. It's down sixty nine percent from its peak um, back in early kind of twenty twenty two. It's absolutely dumping. I think Elon Musk put a tweet out that summarized it pretty well. Um, did you guys see that one? It was something referring to um, people are losing faith in the woke bullshit of Netflix or something yep. along that, those lines. That is exactly what that is because Netflix isn't profitable and Twitter is not actually as profitable. And it's yep. all backed by like there was this was like a Tucker Carlson thing where he was going over that it was basically like a German holding company that was pumping money into Twitter. And mm-hmm. that's how they were ma- able to maintain all their censorship policies. And what this is, Netflix failing, is basically the free market speaking, fuck your wokeness. And yeah. I, that, that is what gives me hope because I kind of was on off on this like doom and gloom kind of tangent on my segment. But this market speaking, like markets don't lie, they can be manipulated. But when you have things like this happen then this just goes to show that people are waking up and they're going to make the most rational economic decision because money talks. And I yeah. think that's where Bitcoin brings it all home. Well, and not to like, so this is going to sound like I'm shilling movies plus um, because obviously like if you guys know anything about movies plus it's literally the anti-woke streaming platform like we're doing we looked at it whenever we launched it we're like okay everything is completely woke and completely censorship you know like censored to the max so let's open the opposite of that because things will start to flow into that so i mean not to pat myself on the back but that was a pretty good idea because it's going in that direction um and you know so i, I call it in, netflix like, 2.0 movies yeah. plus is uh netflix 2.0 but like it was funny because like our team you know like it's when things like netflix are dumping and like everybody's calling out the wokeness of it you know like our team is all over it and um and so like on our twitter account it said like like raise your hand like who's more profitable than netflix this guy is like and it's true because like people don't understand like netflix is in so much debt like they so the way that they pay out their you know like if you see that netflix bought like or paid like 10 billion dollars worth of uh movies and tv shows what they do is they actually they'll they'll fund original productions so they have to fund that up front and it's not as expensive as they actually say but then the second thing is with that they're hiring people that um are charging them way more than they really should so they're not doing it affordably and then the third thing is any content they license they so like that $10 billion in licensed content, 20% of it gets paid up front. The remaining 80% gets paid out quarterly over the next three year, three to four years. So they're in the negative so much and they keep going deeper in the negative and they're just counting on their subscribers being there. So the fact that they lost 2 million subscribers means that they're in a position where they might be screwed. Now, what does that say about what's going on in the industry? People are so sick of the woke crap people just want real conversations they don't want censorship they want things to be you know entertaining and fun and like if you try to push it into this woke box you're going to have boring bland vanilla like in vanilla can be good don't get me wrong i like vanilla ice cream so there can be good vanilla but you're going to get like that store-bought generic vanilla that tastes like nothing and you're like why am i even eating this ice cream like why am i consuming these calories that's the type of ice cream they're feeding you and it's content you're like i I found that like i was surfing around trying to watch something the other night and i was like there's nothing there's nothing on here that i want to watch like when stranger things 4 comes out in a couple months yeah i want to watch that that's it like 
I, everything that's on there that I want to watch consumed done. Yeah. Netflix is white bullshit. Yeah. So anyways, I know I'm going on a tangent there and I could go off, but support movies plus because it's the, uh, you know, um, it's the way of the plebs. Uh, we're we're going to keep moving that way. Um, and uh, we're Bitcoin only. So, uh, you know, we're freedom of speech maximalists. And that's the only way to go, uh, you know, moving forward. But uh, is that the... Yeah, it's Netflix the... 2.0. It's Netflix 2.0. Um, I think we've been going a little while, so we should probably wrap this yeah. weekly, weekly quick, you know, news wrap up shortly. But this just come across my, uh, my office table here. Uh, one of the, I'm trying to find his name, but a board member of one of the largest German banks is holding up a Bitcoin full node. I think that's pretty great to see. Um, they're not just coming in for the fiat price go up. They're running their own nodes. That's they actually understand the importance of self sovereignty and private uh, privacy. So I thought that was great. Nice. Um, well, yeah, and let's wrap it up. Um, but we're the last segment is the over under bet between me and Phil. So we have to set some ground rules. Um, so are we going to do what the price is at like midnight Eastern time next Wednesday? You know, what Why I mean? we so do like, you like exactly like a week from today, it's 11 28 AM on this Thursday. So let's do, let's do what, what the price is. Cause we were scheduling to record it usually at like 11 AM Eastern. So that way at the beginning of the show, we know who won. So let's say the price. Well, so so, mm, mm, um, so it's forty two k right now. If you guys are looking for the price, yeah. Hmm. Like, pretty much, but like, up. let's say like what what the price is when we start recording next, which would be mm. eleven a.m. Eastern next Thursday. Yeah, easy. Over under forty two k. Over under forty two k. Uh, so and how about you? we'll flip every other week? One of us gets to be the one that chooses, and because uh, if you go over, I have to go under. And we're betting what ten sats or yeah, we'll, sats? we'll determine. We... So basically, we literally are being degenerates, but 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 responsible degenerates by literally betting individual sats. And Luke is going to be our centralized oracle, tallying, keeping <laughs> track of all of this. So thank you, Luke. We appreciate that, and. And so, yeah, and we're going to basically keep tally of this for every quarter. And at the end of the quarter, we are going to say who the winner is and who is not. So there will be when, when there's going to be W's and L's throughout the, the quarter. And then we'll finally determine who uh, takes Victor. And then it will just like the process will start over. So like if I win for like two out of the four quarters of the month, then, you know, I'm like, you know, two for two for four or uh, yeah, two out of four or whatever and vice versa for Corey. So that's how we're going to keep track of this. So should we, I, mm, I guess like, so whoever wins closest to like the actual price. So do we want to do that or does somebody have to do like coin flip? Like if you're going to be over 42 K or under 42 K. Or should we do exact like price and whoever's closest to the exact price? Yeah, let's do, we can either choose over and under. So if we're on opposite sides, then it's just whoever's right wins. But if we're both over, then whoever's closer to the price. Okay, cool. Kind of like price, uh, kind of like price is right. I'm not going to bet it. $1 though. Got it. Cool. Um, but Luke's probably like, what the hell is the price is right? Uh, All right. So I'm going to go over 42K. Okay. Over 42K. I'm going to go I'm actually going to go under. Um I don't think we're going to go crazy under, but I think I think uh I don't know, we've just been waffling in this zone for so long that I think we're going to be under. So if it's under 42k, then I win 10 sats. All right. I'm already already predicting I'm going to lose this bet, but it's okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, there you go. You the guys. bets are made. The bets are made. It's logged in. So are you going to use like Google Sheets to keep track of this, Luke? And can you make uh, like like quarterly reports like publicly to the public so people can keep track? Or is there a way that they can keep track in real time? I'm sure somebody can make that. I certainly don't have that. I, we'll you know, we'll I, figure something out. That's for I'll sure. get the awesome. technical. We'll 
technical team on it because I gotta. I'm gonna put up a website. We so need to get a quant can... on retainer. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I guess that's Luke. Is that oh, like the, 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 is. the quant, like uh, from uh, the Big Short, when he's like, "That's my quant, my quantitative." <laughs> I need to uh, admit that I've not watched the Big Short or Wolf of Wall Street, so I have a lot of homework. Oh, to do. oh, you, yeah. you gotta watch the Big Short right now. We're we're at the point in the movie when um, Steve Carell's character goes, "It's a bubble." Yeah, it's a bubble. It's a bubble. Just when you watch that movie, you'll know, okay, that's where we are at the movie. Everybody um, should watch it. Everyone in the Bitcoin space should watch it. I think I've watched it three or four times. It's brilliant. I watch it. Like Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. But... Okay, let's wrap up so Luke can yeah, so go take Luke care can, of business. Luke can go work. Yeah. Luke can go yeah. do his, uh, his business. Well, all right, guys. Uh, we will do this again next week. And uh, yeah. Oh, let's all give out handles and, and shill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, follow me at Corey underscore Tusik. Luke, go for it. All links will be in the description down below. Uh, he doesn't like the talk Quick about and it. easy. Just, just press that link and you'll find us at our Smash that files. like button. Smash that like yeah. button. Ser- um, seriously, that like rate, subscribe, and review the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast and tell us if we actually were able to make the this news made simple as well. Yeah. And if it if it stinks um, outside of the you know, lack of ability to, uh, or the lack of downloads. Also, you can just hammer us online. Or if you want to keep um, teasing Luke about how he is um, sexually attracted to the hardware wallet, the Bitbox O2 <laughs> hardware wallet, that'll be our our final shout out there for for Bitbox. Uh, but yeah, and also, and guess my age and gender. Yeah, guess uh, Phil's age and gender. And if you guys want to put, um, uh, if you want to put uh, any. Um, uh, messages any questions you have for us uh, just dm us and we can maybe address them in future episodes so, all right all guys right. 